Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. It is the pregame show on The Score. We've got the great Olin Krutz with us. Patrick is, is down. We're in the missing Patrick formation, but uh, it is indeed. Grody time, we get a chance to talk to our man, Mark Grody. He uh, joins us on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mark, good morning. How are you, buddy? And I say morning, it's the afternoon, for God's sake. I, <laughs> these games usually start at noon. I'm, I'm utterly confused. Three, uh, honestly, start. Yeah. honestly, Molly, when I hear your voice, I think morning. So, Thank And you, since Tom. I work with you for so many years in the morning, it actually sounds totally correct to me. So, you know what? Let's just keep that Grody, going. Good morning, Gr- Molly. Good Grody, morning, Olin. Good morning, yeah. Grody. Don't be hard on him. You know, uh, working with me is not easy. So, he's trying to... Oh, no. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a wear on your brain cells. I promise you. Know, you. So, oh, he, he, right. Do you know how you said earlier that as you get older, the impact on your body affects? Uh-huh. Like for some reason, your dirty looks affect <laughs> affect me more than they did when I was a younger man. I, we we could tell. We had, we had uh, uh, Antonio Holmes, which is Antonio Holmes cross <laughs> Antonio Brown side receiver. It's been morning all afternoon here on the pregame show. You know, Molly. I mean, Manley's at home in a blanket drinking Zing Zang. <laughs> Hey, listen, Brody, there's all kinds of stuff going on right now that you'd have no understanding of. Well, no, I do understand because I I actually texted with Manley a little bit, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything today. He just sent me a poop emoji. So, you know, obviously, (laughs) I knew everything was going down. Not to mention it's dark and dreary. In, a, in the great, big, beautiful city of Chicago today, just to just to pile on to the mm-hmm. to the morning theme. But yeah. um, as far as inactives are concerned, gentlemen, I don't know if you went through it or not, but no surprises whatsoever. Keem Hicks, we knew, was out. Deshaun Gibson is out. Nick Foles and Rashad Perryman as well. So really, it's it's about the guys that that are in on this day. And Allen Robinson will play today, despite being low volume in practice this week. Same deal for Khalil Mack. So in that regard, all hands on deck. But the the bigger story was earlier today finding out that the Bears placed Elijah Wilkinson on the COVID list and that's that's an exasperation laugh right there. The Bears promoted Arlington Hambright from the practice squad so we could be seeing at right tackle today one Lachavius Pig Simmons or possibly even Alex Bars or maybe even some sort of fun rotation between those guys at right tackle. Yeah my, and- uh, my inside sources tell me it might be Simmons but um We'll see as, as, right. as, as that goes on. But I, I'm wondering, Grody, um, that safety position, what, what do you expect to see out of Sean decide today? We talked about last week with Tonga 
being down and now Akeem Hicks is out that that I kind of worried about that just because I thought the running game for the Packers might be a problem. I know they went with three safeties last week. They went with a different nickel. Uh, I just got a few questions for you there. Are they picking a nickel by matchup, by who they're going against? And what is their plan, do you think, for stopping the run today if it becomes a problem? Yeah, I think that there is going to be some matchup stuff. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, we've been talking about DeAndre Houston Carson probably a little bit too much in terms of having to play a bigger role on defense, no doubt about that, and Marquis Christian as well. So it, it, it has been a work in progress all season. So why not let it be more of that today? And, you know, Sean Desai does like that kind of stuff, playing the matchups and doing different things in that regard. So it'll be very interesting to see him go about that in terms of of the safety position. As far as the the Bears stopping the run, it it is notable that last year in the game that the Bears beat Tampa Bay, that Ronald Jones did run for 106 yards in that game. Bears were really good, relatively speaking, against Tom Brady, but not against Ronald Jones. Uh, They have not had a great running attack in general this year has Tampa Bay, but that will be something that the Bears will have to be on the lookout for. So that that said, no Akeem Hicks in there. (laughs) We'll see if Eddie Goldman gets to that that next level um, and Bilal Nichols and the rest of the crew along that defensive line, because it's going to be again. And, and unfortunately the bears are getting used to life without one of those two guys due to, to injuries in Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks. So it's just, just another day where they have to depend on their depth. And I guess one of the, the captains for the bears this week is Angelo Blackson. we talked a little bit about him last week. He'll have to step up as well. Um, to to make good on Akeem Hicks. We we haven't mentioned for some reason uh, on this show yet that Deion Bush was indeed placed on the uh, on the injured uh, reserve with um, a quad injury, which means he's out for three games. So as much as everyone wants to replace safeties, you're you're without um, him for three games, and Gibson obviously has the the hip, so he's not available. So it it. Um, you know, you're right. There's a reason we're talking about these guys because they're forced into action. What about this COVID-19 stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Mark? They they now lead the league. Uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, Robert Quinn, uh, Caleb Johnson, and now Wilkinson joining that group for this game. Will they go into any kind of enhanced protocol? Does the league require that? Is that – and, I mean, listen, I'm not taking shots at anyone because there, we've certainly seen a lot of vaccinated people – uh, get this, I, and I'm not saying that uh, there's anything really wrong there, but I ju- I'm just curious. Matt Nagy was asked about it last week because they had three people. Now they got two of those three back, and and you add uh, another few names here. Yeah, and when he was asked about that last week, Molly, um, Matt Nagy essentially said, no, we're not going to do anything differently. And he just kind of went into the the finger wagging mode of, hey, we all got to wear our masks and we all got to follow the protocol that exists in Hallis Hall and everybody knows the rules and all that kind of stuff. But let's face it, what's been going on with the Bears, it, it has been a mini outbreak. And, you know, it's good to see that 
Damian Williams obviously is playing today, but the the Elijah Wilkinson thing came as a shock, and who knows what is next. Um, the the league has not mandated anything yet for the Chicago Bears in terms of changing anything. But if there's a couple more names, or a couple all of a sudden we find out about more guys, I could definitely see something changing or things being different in terms of of how you know even how the the media access is if if a couple more guys go I guess you just cross your fingers and hope that that's not the case but to you know again to answer your question no nothing different as of yet nothing that I've been told hey Grody with uh Quinn uh, being on the COVID list uh Jeremiah Atachu uh being on IR I think somebody else went on the COVID list also but what do you expect to see at that outside linebacker position today what do you expect the rotation to be uh they seem a little thin at that position Welcome to a ton of reps for Travis Gibson. This is uh, this is definitely going to be his week. Khalil Mack is is playing, even though as I mentioned right at the outset, he he's been banged up. Seems like he you know Mack's been on the injury list like every week since the beginning of last year, but ends up playing. So yeah, I mean this is going to be a huge week again for Travis Gibson and getting and then and then dealing with. Tom Brady, who we all know is not elusive, but he can get rid of the ball really fast. And and it's like, you know, Gibson wanted this. He's feeling it. He's going to have to play like it today. Um, Bilal Nichols w- w- suffered a knee on, on Wednesday, apparently, because he missed Thursday. And now he's he p- was limited, I think, on Friday, but he's back. It, what? How serious was that? And that's always a little scary when a guy gets hurt midweek. Yeah, no, it is. And now here's another guy. Here's another guy last year who spent like every Friday on the the injury list for various reasons and then ended up playing. So while it was alarming to see Bilal Nichols on the injury report, he's another guy that when he does pop up on there, he tends to play and play well. So, you know, very little information on how severe it is, but obviously he, he's good to go today, not not on the inactive list. So I, I would look for Bilal Nichols to be full go. And I and I and I mentioned, you know, Eddie Goldman's name. I <laughs> I don't know where you guys are with him in terms of getting to that, but it just seems like it's a project every week in terms of getting him out there for more snaps, for going to the next level and evaluating his game and I and I still want to see the the Eddie Goldman from a couple of years ago and where we simply have not seen it. he's still doing a lot he's still dangerous and he's still gobbling up blockers but I would like to see him getting back to being a force and that's hugely important today yeah really really good point because the Eddie Goldman we've been watching week in and week out on film is not the one uh, we've seen in 2019 but uh, Grody, where do you expect, under what pirate ship are the Bears going to find points uh, today down there at Raymond James <laughs> at Raymond James Stadium? We were looking under rocks uh, last week at Soldier Field. We didn't find much. We only found 14 points. Uh, where, where, where do you expect the Bears well, to attack this Tampa Bay defense? We're probably going to have to find at least 24 of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been working on this one all week, Olin. Like, if the Bears were to win, how would the Bears win? And the the obvious spot to start is, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, you know, going after their cornerbacks, who they have really none of. Their best cover corner, Carlton Davis, is out. Murphy Bunting is out. Obviously, Richard Sherman, who they brought in this year to help that situation, he he is out today. I think that they've had seven different pairings at cornerback this year. So if you have the time to throw downfield, if them big boys up front, Vita Vea and Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, and are, are not putting too much pressure on, which we know they do, then I think you have to go to a situation where what do you have to lose? I mean, throw the football. The Bears are averaging 129 rushing yards per game. They're not going to win if they are going to be rushing the football. And I asked this question out loud, too, on the radio, guys. Are, are the Bears trying to win this game today, or are they trying to survive this game today? If they want to survive this game today, then definitely run it. Do what the, do what you have done for the last three weeks, and, and you'll survive the game, and maybe it won't be a ridiculous score. But if you want to win this game, you got to take some chances and throw the football down the field. And I know it's, it, it doesn't suit Justin Fields and the offense yet. We know that eventually it will. It hasn't been there. But if you really are interested in actually winning this game, you got to step out of your comfort zone a little bit if, if you are Bill Lazor, if you are Justin Fields, if you are the Bears wide receivers. That, that's what I would like to see them do. If they, if they do want to win the game and not just survive. Well, I, you know, I think part of the problem that they have is that their schedule, you know, this is obviously the defending champions and all that stuff. But when you look through their schedule, the majority of their games are against teams that you would consider in the in the top half of the league as opposed to the bottom half of the league. There aren't a lot of laughers. So this is, you know, as, as tough as it is to go from losing at home to Green Bay to now facing Tom Brady and, and get heading to Tampa – that's pretty much what they're facing most of the year. Maybe not that extreme, but uh, but the top half of the league anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. They still have games with, you know, Arizona, with yeah. Baltimore, another yeah. game against Green Bay, um, you know, Minnesota eventually. So, yeah, the, the schedule, we have known that. It has been rugged. It will continue to be rugged. I mean, I look, you look ahead to that San Francisco game, and it's at home, and you almost say, okay, well, th- there's a chance. Uh, maybe at Pittsburgh, that's a possibility too. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to – not just compete, but win some games and not have an embarrassing record by the end of the year. Well, I love the fact that the Bears have figured out a running game. We all do, but the points they're putting up on the board is is not enough because they're not putting themselves in a, in good enough positions to do that. So yeah, I mean, take some. Ch- and I asked Matt Nagy, I said, do you, do you do you take more risks in a, in a game like this? And he kind of conceded that he understood why I was asking the question, but his answer to me was, you know, we'll, it's, it's about the flow of the game. We'll, we'll know right from the beginning how it feels. He said, we're not just going to do it for the sake of doing it. But it, if you, if you want to stay in this game and get ahead and win, you're, you're going to have to take some shots. Yeah, they're going to have to take some chances and, and it's going to come, you know, would it be a fake punt, an onside kick early in the game? Uh, something to get their team a few more possessions. And a kid that comes to my mind immediately, Grody, after watching film last week, whether it be a scream, uh, maybe you motion him out, hopefully you get a one-on-one matchup, is Khalil Herbert. He seems to me 
to be their most explosive player. Uh, what are they saying around Hallis Hall about him and how they may, you know, increase his package and increase his opportunities to, to touch the ball, especially with Damon Williams back? Can you use him in other ways, receiver, slot receiver, other ways to get this kid the ball because he looked like last to me, finally a guy who can give the ball to, he'll break a couple tackles and maybe take it to the house. Yeah, I mean, he the, the Khalil Herbert looks very natural. Uh, the sixth-round rookie, and he just looks like in all aspects of the game, he looks like he, he knows what he's doing. I talked to John Filippo a little bit about him this week, and he said that, you know, he said all, all the, the glowing things about him, and he said, yeah, we would like to get him involved more in the passing game. It's been very minimal, but he has shown in the preseason and just a little bit in the regular year that he's capable of being a big part like that. But it is good to have Damian Williams back for that reason as well. He is a better receiver right now than Khalil Herbert, but it's fun to watch. Like that—that's that's like one of the beauties of an NFL season that you you have these unexpected guys on your roster. And Khalil Herbert probably, you know, if, if ideally he'd probably not be in the backfield for the Bears, but since he is, he has thrived and, and completely taken advantage of the spot, and he has been terrific. And then in terms to Olin of what you were saying about. A you know doing something crazy like a, a fake or something like that. I have no idea what was going on at Hallis Hall this week, but I will say for whatever it's worth, and it may not be worth a lot, they, they weren't letting us watch practice as much this week. The the glimpses that we got, you know, which are usually minimal as they are around the NFL, they were actually truncated a little bit this week, and they changed the times that we were allowed to watch. So so who knows? I'm probably going <laughs> grasping at straws here, really, really very that. much. But, yeah, but you, who you, knows? Hey, hey, Bears, you guys are right. You're the only ones who know what you got to do this week. Make sure you hide that. <laughs> oh, well, they're man. working on a fake. They don't want me seeing that because, you know, I'll put it right up. You well, know? yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's amazing. When you pull up the Hall saw, you think it's like the White House. I'm like, what are they doing here? Like, why do you guys have so much security here? I don't yeah. know. That's that's just my half-baked theory, you know, and it's it's kind it. of an optimistic one. They, they're working on fakes. Mm. That's what they've got to be doing. So, uh, yeah. I love it. Great information as yep. always. Mark, we'll talk to you later. We'll be yeah, on. Man. Uh, the post game, yeah. Yeah, later on this morning, we're doing the post game after the game this morning. So. <laughs> you know, uh, the post game now, now they are underdogs by 35 points. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> post game is in serious trouble. <laughs> nope. See you guys. That's right. See ya. Take care. That's Mark Grody. We'll be right back. It's uh, it's the pregame show with Ole Krutz here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Eddie Jackson, you know, we've talked to this before, and his name keeps coming up for the wrong reasons. You know, his name keeps coming up for reasons as you are the safety. You are the last line of defense. When you come up and you make that hit on Devontae Adams and he gets gets past you, it's going to be a touchdown, kid. You have to make that play. Mm-hmm. Get him down by any means necessary. Don't care how you do it. Even if you shoot, shoot at, the, at, the, at the worst uh, flag, still keeps him out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. But you got to find a way to get him down. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. It is the pregame show with Olin Krutz. Patrick Manley out today. He's under the weather, drinking some Zing Zang, I believe, Olin has determined. <laughs> um, but that that was the voice of Lance Briggs, and that you were on the set with him uh, at NBC Sports Chicago when he said those things. Very fair comment. Um, Eddie Jackson didn't like it, apparently. Heard about it. I don't know if he was watching. I don't know what Eddie's uh, life is like. But he uh, retweeted some old pro football focus tweet about Lance and uh, at the end of his career and uh, – and it was just kind of – it just sat there, like, very uncomfortably. Lance was classy about it when asked. And uh, you look at Eddie Jackson, he took it down, so someone got to him. But it's been a weird – it's been a weird season with social media, Olin. We've talked mm-hmm. about it before. You know, uh, Jimmy Graham, who is on COVID protocol, will not be able to play today, has, I believe, one catch on the year, hasn't caught a pass in five games and this will be the sixth, he he retweeted a, uh, a CBS Sports tweet about the Bears producing the worst uh, point total, the worst uh, offensive performance, and basically I think the second worst in 100 years in the NFL in Cleveland. And you wonder, what the heck is that, man? What are you doing? And he's a veteran guy. But now you got Eddie Jackson, and he had to take down his post. We mentioned Jalen Johnson, and he had to take down – his post, it, it, it just it, it underscores Olin that you you know as much as you need discipline on the field, you probably need a little more of it off the field. And I have three kids; you have twice as many. We <laughs> both have dealt with trying to make sure your kids understand the impact this stuff has on you, and just being you know clear and safe and not worrying about uh, getting every uh, idea out. What's your take on this? Are you are you where do you stand on all the social media stuff? We talked to Dan about it earlier, but mm-hmm. you never had to deal with this when you were playing. No, and and and, and it's hard to deal with, right? It's hard uh, with this whole social media, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, these guys are younger. Jimmy Graham's not, but uh, when your emotions get the best of you, obviously, uh, after another bad game by the Chicago Bears against the Packers, and and you're going home, and you know before we just have to listen to. Uh, Doug Buffon and OB, and I'd, I'd probably have some <laughs> responses for them, uh, you know, if you could. But uh, obviously these guys are taught a lot. I think there's people who are in charge of social media at Hallisall. They have people who have that actual title. Uh, so they're educating them constantly. And, you know, like you said with kids, like, look, what you promote, what you permit, you promote, and what you allow, what you, allow you encourage. And that stuff we talked about earlier about why – 
we were worried about Jalen Johnson. It wasn't just that he was late for the meetings. It was uh, that I, you know, his effort on the field, right? And then now Eddie Jackson. Uh, sometimes you can question his tackling, uh, and then he goes and goes after Lance Briggs, and it seems to be that position there uh, that that you lack a little discipline. And eventually, uh, look, if you're good enough and it's not showing up on the field, uh, nobody really cares. But it was when it shows up on the field uh, that you care, and and you have to be disciplined in everything you do. And and eventually, it all ends up back. If I'm again at Hallis Hall. It ends up at the head coach's desk and who's surrounding the head coach and who's doing their job and who's not doing their job. Just like when Coach Nagy walks in to the press conference and someone has to tell him that Jalen Johnson did that, that like he didn't know. So, so you start to wonder, and I know they're busy, but uh, if you're in charge of social media at Hallis Hall, uh, you walk down the hallway and you knock on the door before you know Coach Nagy is going to his press conference to let him know that this is going on. So you start to worry about that kind of stuff with the Chicago Bears, and then you start to watch them on the football field, and you see uh, break breakdowns in coverage, which you see for every team. But what I'm saying is you see too many of them. You see them not touching people down, and you start to wonder what is the standard at Hallis Hall? What are they requiring these guys to do? What are they demanding? Uh, because like we talked about, what you allow, you encourage. So if you allow them – to let things go, if you just let things go and you're not a very disciplined guy, and even Coach Nagy's press conference after, uh, it wasn't very much like he got, he told Jalen Johnson, like, we don't want that around here, it was more like, you know, we, we were best friends and we had a great conversation again, uh, with the things <laughs> they keep saying there, and, and you don't mind as long as that's working, as long as it doesn't show up on the field, uh, but it's starting to show up on the field, and then today you have a team where you have to be perfect with your details against the beat, and we'll see if the Bears can do that. Yeah, and I think that's that idea, perfect in your details, is probably the overriding one going into this game. Uh, Olin, you've been involved in tons of football games. Can you remember a game where you where you had an upset and you didn't perform to your details? Isn't that required mm-hmm. of this achievement? Well, first of all, what what was the biggest upset that you ever uh, were a part of? Well, the the one I, I remember the most just because I studied it last week, so it's fresh on my mind, is 1999. We hadn't beat the Packers since 1993. Obviously, we were down at the Walter Payton funeral before the game. Uh, we drove up there to Lambeau uh, and beat them uh, there. Now, you know, Brian Robinson blocks that kick at the end of the game. Yep. Obviously, that team in 1999, if you go through the names – on that team, and you go through the names on the Packers team with Brett Favre and, uh, you know, that whole team they had up there. We had no business winning up there. Obviously, a lot of things had to happen. I think the guy had to miss the field goal. We had to block a field goal. I was 14 or 13. Uh, that's That was a huge upset at that time. We had no right winning that game. Uh, they didn't play well, and we played above our head a little bit, especially defensively, obviously, uh, only allowing that many points up there at Lambeau at that time to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, but, you know, it's something like that would have to happen today where you're just watching Tampa Bay and you're wondering what the hell are they doing, and then you're watching the Bears and say, man, I didn't know, you know, Travis Gibson. I didn't know he was going to dominate Donovan Smith like that. I didn't know Mario Edwards was going to get off the alley Marpet like that, right? I didn't know uh, Khalil Herbert. I didn't know that inside the inside three of the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, Latavius Simmons had a good game against Shaq Barrett. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that he was going to block a guy who's leading the team 
in sacks. Who would have thought we could run the ball, actually, against Vita Vea for something close to four yards? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Mooney or, you know, Khalil Herbert or, or Robinson catch a deep pass, and it's going to have to be something like that. Uh, who knew that uh, Tom Brady was going to throw three dumb interceptions today? Any team I've ever been on in my illustrious athletic career, mm-hmm. uh, we knew we knew when we were good and we knew when we weren't good. You knew when you were going to win and you knew when you had a, a difficult time, right? It was going to be difficult to make sure that you, you won the game. Um, did you feel the same way? Did you know when, when you guys were good, you knew you were going to beat people. Um, did you ever, I mean, did you know when you were favored or not favored? I'm not saying you were uh, interested in the gambling thing, but just the way that you were perceived as a team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you heard Charles Barkley this week. I thought he said something terrific. He said that um, it's hard to win games early in the season because not everybody knows they suck yet, that it takes <laughs> a third of the season to figure out, oh, you know what? Oh, no, we're, we're not very good. And that, you, you know, you start a season, everybody's up for it. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's energetic. And then you – you go through whatever happens in the season and, and it turns on you one way or the other. And that's how you end up performing. Is, is that a, a fair analysis? Yeah. And I, and I think there's a lot to learning how to win in the NFL. And, um, you know, like in 2010, I thought we had no business being the NFC championship game, but we had a lot of guys who kind of figured out that if, as the year went on, like you're talking about Molly, if we just got better every week, if we just worked on what we were really bad at, and accepted that and try to get a little better at it every week. But at the end of the year, we could actually compete and win football games. And those are the teams who understand that, who understand, like we talked about earlier, that it's a part, it's, it's about details. Uh, it's about uh, are we really getting better? Are we really doing what we have to do to actually win football games? And how, to, like you're saying, Charles Barkley was saying, how does this team find ways to just win football games, to compile wins? And every team is different, and are they willing to change what they are to find a way to win games? And, and we saw that they did change what they are, but now they have to find a way to win games with the identity they have found on offense. So you have to be stubborn. You have to be stubborn today uh, with the run and make this Tampa Bay defense play the run and then take shots on them when they leave their cornerbacks alone. And we heard about all the injuries they have back there, and they are capable of giving up big plays. And, and, and I mean, when you sit down and you, and you say, okay, how do you beat this team? That jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. That is an area where you can have an advantage. Obviously, you know, we also have to add in this idea that the Bears don't score a lot of points. They've really struggled to score points on the road. They're going to have to figure out a way to make a play. They're going to have to steal a possession, get a turnover, whatever it takes. I, I love the idea of a of an unexpected uh, onside kick or something. I think you've got to be super aggressive because, you know, number one, you got to stand up early. You cannot fall behind to this group or you're finished. Um, but I – I think that the pathway to victory has to be taking advantage of those corners, doing whatever it takes. And, and that might be some, and I hate to say it, trickery, you know, uh, nonsense play that they love to run and that doesn't seem to to uh, work all the time. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just think they've got to attack that group in some fashion. And the only way to do it might be coming up with something goofy. 
Yeah, it's coming up with something that, uh, you know, obviously Tampa Bay doesn't expect uh, some kind of, you know, reverse pass or uh, something crazy where, you, you know, throw a pop pass out there and the court, the receiver's actually behind the quarterback and it turns into a double pass, something to find your way, like we keep talking about, to get points because if you just try to stand in there uh, with the puncher, you're going to get knocked out. So right. uh, we don't want the Bears to get knocked out, so they got to make this an ugly street fight. Uh, you know, you watch a lot of, you know, we'll make a boxing analogy. When a guy is, is, is overmatched, he grabs a lot, he holds, yep. he makes the referee call the holding, right? You play, you, you box on the edge, you throw body shots constantly at them. Maybe they're a little lower than they're supposed to be. Uh, you know, your body shot lower. <laughs> you know, you, you, you have to do uh, yeah. when you're overmatched. Uh, you got you, you got to fight dirty. Uh, the Chicago Bears got to go in there thinking that way. Coach Nagy and his staff have to know. Everybody likes to talk about Mully going to games, what the players have to do to, to, to beat the other team when they're overmatched, right? They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have great pass rushers. They have, all, they have the best nose guard in the league. Coach Nagy, them, are also overmatched, right? You would say that their staff is better than the Bears staff. So they have to coach over their head. They have to make decisions. They have to win. The Bears coaching staff have to win their battle for the Chicago Bears to have any chance today to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's something I hope when they walked in their coaches meeting on Monday that they said that to each other. That instead of just challenging the players, I hope they challenged each other and said, look, we have to win our one-on-one battles today. Decide you have to beat Leftwich. You have to. Laser, you got to beat Bowles. And Nagy, you got to beat Arians, right? If you say those names, you would say Tampa Bay would still be favored by 12 points. <laughs> All right, we got to get to a quick timeout. It's the pregame show. He is, of course, Ole Krutz, and we're thinking of our buddy Patrick Manley. I think he's is he having some bone soup. Is that what uh, I read earlier? Well, he messed, he mixed the yin yang with the bone soup. <laughs> Yes, the yin-yang will make you feel better. I don't know that it's a long-term cure, but it will make you feel better, Patrick. All right. It's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. We got to talk about the quarterbacks. We got to talk about maybe the underdog quarterback. Uh, We haven't really spent enough time on him, and we'll come back and hear from, uh, well, maybe we'll hear from Tom Brady talking about Justin Fields and and the old uh, college rivalry coming back up. Uh, It is, of course, the pregame show on the score. It seems impossible, but as a Michigan guy, I've I've got this is the first time in your NFL career you'll face a starting quarterback from Ohio State. I'm sure that rivalry is always kind of in you a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say anything too inflammatory about Ohio State. (laughs) That's what you're getting to do, but... I'll have my time. Usually Ohio State. This is Michigan State week, so I can kind of – those are the guys that I can kind of go after. That's interesting. Why, why is there not a lot of Ohio State quarterbacks in the pros? There's a lot of Michigan guys over the years, but not a lot of Ohio State guys. Terrell Pryor threw a pass against you over yeah. the start. All right, good. I'll be sure to say hi to him after the game. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the pregame show. We've got the great Olin Krutz here. Unfortunately, Patrick is, uh, is unwell. 
Uh, listen, the old college stuff never leaves. The Michigan man mm-hmm. reminded that the uh, that Ohio State doesn't produce many quarterbacks. Um, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, Tom's so old, Olin, he probably remembers <laughs> when Michigan beat Ohio State. Hasn't, uh, hasn't happened much of late. Um, okay, so if you're Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and I, I love everything the kid has to say. I don't know if I'm in love with him as a player yet, but I think that him at the podium is phenomenal. And he talked about, you know, going against Aaron Rodgers and watching the methodical way that you have to get a series together to win a game. And it's not just one play, it's multiple plays. I, I think I, I really appreciate the fact that he's kind of learning on the job. And, you know, I, I like this idea that because he's playing, they've been forced to change their identity I think that's better for them, frankly. But is he improving? Do you see a player getting better? Do you see a guy ready to someday be the player that, that they're facing uh, this week and last week? I do. I, I do see him improving. I do see him working on the things from week to week. And that, that's one of the things that has kept, I guess, me feeling positive about the Chicago Bears through what looks like it may be a rough year, right? Like you talked about earlier with Grody, you talked about when you look at their schedule and you start to predict wins and losses, uh, this this year could get bleak at, at some point. Is, is what you think, unless the Bears play above their head and unless this kid improves dramatically, right? Because you always expect a rookie to hit the rookie wall at some point. And what is the rookie wall? The rookie wall is when the defensive coordinators figure out what you want to do what they want to take away from you, and then can you overcome that? And he's going to hit that eventually, especially with guys like Todd Bowles putting game plans against him. But as far as watching him play, watching him uh, take them down the field last week uh, in the early in the fourth quarter, uh, watching him stand in the pocket and, and, and let it rip, man. Sometimes that kid really shows his arm talent. Uh, his footwork's a little better. Uh, you know, the first week he was getting really deep in the pocket. He takes some bad sacks, but – the thing you like to hear from him is every time, um, I need to get better. I need to play better for our team to beat a team like Aaron Rodgers, like the Green Bay Packers. And he's right, Mully. He's 100% right that he needs to get better for the Bears to get better. It's contingent on him. And we talked about earlier how good that defense is. Uh, if he starts, this kid starts playing better and they start to find ways to find 20-plus points uh, you never know what this team could be at the end of the year. But as far as he goes, as far as the little things we talked about, I'd like to see him work on his details on play-action pass, on selling it, because if he's doing it, I remember uh, for my short time I was in New Orleans before I couldn't stand Aaron Cromer, and I, ended, I hate to tell everybody, <laughs> I ended up right about all of that, as you can see. Yes. Uh, the guy is, um, you know, I saw him actually at O-line uh, Masterminds, and he, uh, he admitted as much that he's a moron. But anyway, um, <laughs> When you talk about Justin Fields, right, when, you, when he starts to do the little things right, Mully, when he starts to do the play-action pass correctly, keeping his shoulders low, really selling the fake, then you demand it from the offensive line. You demand it from the receivers. So when he becomes more of a leader, I liked him in Vegas when he rolled over his head and he said, come on with his hands. I like the way he fights through every game. He, he is improving slowly every week. And he has to – that is the one thing I think that keeps you a little more positive as you watch this. Now, when you watch the film, again, this is another week that he has to keep working on the little things. Even when the game looks out of hand, I want to see him leading. I want to see him doing the small things right. 
that's what winning looks like. I, you know, I remember when you guys started uh, Kyle Orton. Okay, mm-hmm. so there was injury, so a fourth-round pick has to be the starting quarterback going into the season. And I did a story. I just called around and talked to a bunch of different coaches about what that process is, how these guys learn, what do you do. And I was trying. I was looking for guys that had um, that had uh, coached a lot of different rookies, and I ended up talking to uh, Bill Walsh. Right, called uh, him at Stanford at the time he was retired and working at Stanford and had an office there. And anyway. Um, had a long conversation with him about it where he was talking about the weirdest thing about starting a rookie quarterback is that they don't retain the information from one week to the next. So, in other words, your game plan in week one or two gets to week four or five, and you're like, okay, I'm going to run some of the stuff we ran in week one, and there's no recall of it. That It's really difficult for quarterbacks uh, when they haven't been through it before to understand the change. You know, the, a play you ran very well, in week one, you can no longer run in week five for whatever reason. So you constantly have to be going over the game plan with a guy, and you have to understand what he does well, and you have to kind of remind him of that. Um, Ken Wisenhunt was the quarterback for – or the coach, I think, the offense coordinator when Roethlisberger came in. He said basically the same thing, that, that even though a guy can play well throughout the course of a year, there is no retention. There's no – it's not like you're taking – uh, it's not like you're taking a book and you're building upon it, and then oh, now we have the offense down. It's mm-hmm. it's like you have to start with a new chapter all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that your experience from seeing young quarterbacks come in and the way that they've played, where they don't retain information in the same way? Yeah, it's 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 hard for to to retain the information because your head is spinning, right? Like right. the game is so fast, the game so. That's why they have to constantly be spending their time going back and finding film of themselves to try to improve, right? Like you're saying, uh, they can't retain that that week one, you know, outside zone play, what they did, what they need to work on. It, what they did wrong is going to keep coming up again and again. And that's why I, I think personally it's more important to show them film of themselves constantly. Constantly saying, okay, remember, we have to improve this in week one. I know it's week 10, but make sure we're building on what we improved in week one because here's what happens in football, Molly. Once you move on to something else, once you try to correct something else, that thing that was a problem becomes a problem again because you're not working on it anymore. You only have so much time to be working on things, right? So defense are constantly figuring you out, constantly taking away what the quarterback does well, make him one-dimensional, make him do what he does not want to do. So they're going to do that to him. And like you said about Bill Walsh, you're saying they don't retain information. I think what he was saying was they don't retain what I just corrected him on. I just <laughs> corrected him on that, right. and he's doing it again, right? And and that's the frustrating thing, and that's why you try to keep it simple and make everything about concepts. And that, by that I mean let, let's talk about your outside zone footwork concept on where you have to get the ball, how far you have to get the back. Don't push him out of the hole. Make sure you get him the ball so he's on his angle, running well. You know, we've seen a lot from Justin Fields this year. Sometimes you're like, man, what happened to Peters? And and a Fetty got beat, or a Wilkinson, or whoever's playing left tackle or right tackle this week, got beat really bad. But then you look at it again, and you, and you, and you stop the film at the top of Fields' drop, and he's at like 17 yards. And you're thinking, right. okay, that's not, that's not where he's supposed to be. And so those are the things they're working on, but then he'll do it again. And like you're talking about what would Laser and Filippo would say is, gosh, he's not retaining what we just corrected. And that's and that's what uh, Pompey mentioned earlier is that, you know, this is the 
this is the 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 second most sacked quarterback in the league, but he has lost like 163 yards in terms of yardage on sacks because he is drifting back a little bit. You know, guys want they want you to step up. It's just a question of of trust, and he he probably believes that when he's in the pocket, if he's pressured, he can get around everyone, and that's obviously not the case with the the uh, athletes in the NFL. Um, all right, so what do you think happens today? What if if I'm asking you for your pick and your score? Are you are you thinking it's the big upset that they finally got it all together <laughs> and the coaches stand up and do what you said? Yeah, I I think they're overmatched everywhere, Molly. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. When, when you look at it on paper, I, I think they lose today, thirty-one to ten. Uh, I just don't think it's a very good game. And you know, like uh, for positives for me, like you just talked about. Uh, you're looking for young players, Cole Komet, uh, Justin Fields, James Daniels uh, versus Vita Vea. You're looking for these guys to keep developing because that's what the Chicago Bears need. The Chicago Bears need young players at critical positions who become the best players in the NFL at their position. I mean, like top five, all pro, pro bowl type guys. Mooney, need Mooney to make a play against backup cornerbacks, right? Uh, yes. Kendall Vildor. Uh, Eddie Jackson tackling better. You just want to see this team improving. They're going against what a lot of us think. I think it may be, you know, Super Bowl favorite to make it to the Super Bowl, really good football team, and they're just not in that part of the NFL uh, hierarchy right now. And and Patrick uh, texted his score, right? What was his mm-hmm. score? I mean, I think he said 28 to 17, but let me make sure I'm right. Yeah, I think, it, I think he's probably working crazy. on another read right now. That's probably what Pat Mann is doing right now. <laughs> You're just comforted that you can hear his voice on the show. 28-17. Uh, Pat, Pat Manley has uh, the Bucks winning 28-17. to 17. And I think I had the Bears getting to 20 points, so I feel pretty mm-hmm. proud of that. I think I had them losing like 31-20 to 20 or 30-20, 30, mm-hmm. 30 to 20, something like that. I mean, I think that I think that the unfortunate reality is that, is that Tampa is going to be in the 30s. Okay, mm-hmm. so that means the Bears lose. Yeah. Uh, and, again, I, I don't mean to be um, – negative about it because this is a 500 team. I don't know that we remember that when we look at it. Now, the problem is they've been 500 basically since the the beginning of the 2018, right? Since they finished 2018, they've been 500. Mm-hmm. And um and they haven't really scored points since probably halfway through 2018. So, they would need to be able to generate more points than they have been able to show especially on the road. And um you know, I just think with some of the injuries and some of the uh, the problems, it's it's just going to be really hard. My fear is that Justin Fields has a game in front of him, and I don't know when it would be where he's going to throw some picks. Rookies tend tend to do that, and if if that happens, then it could be really an overwhelming score. Yeah, and look, the, the last two weeks we talked about their schedule since the year started, and the last two weeks, by the end of the day, they they could have faced two teams that are six and one, probably favored to meet an NFC Championship game, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they're just not there yet, right? So that's why you expect today to be a big mismatch uh, for the Chicago Bears um, today when they go down there to Tampa Bay. And and the thing that I worry about the most, uh, Molly, when you watch a Tom Brady-led team, Tom Brady seems to insist when they play teams like the Chicago Bears that they still play at a really high level, and he likes to really put his foot on your throat and make a point that they don't take any weeks off. And, and that was really what you expect from a Tom Brady led team. 
Yeah, and and I I thought you said it well earlier when you talked about you know the way Belichick would you know the way that he would go about attacking someone or the way that he would take away a weapon or the way that he would kind of Tom has learned all those lessons right mm-hmm. he was around that guy for years and he, and so you got like one of the greatest coaches in the league and now you got one of the great quarterbacks that learned all the secrets of the great coach it's just a it's a real problem when you think about the Bears heading down to Tampa today. Mm-hmm. All right. Great stuff, Olin. Thank you so much. Always a joy to talk to you. And uh, it is the pregame show presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. We're not going anywhere. Uh, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, the pregame show here on The Score. Jalen Johnson posted a, a picture of the, the fine you gave him. Is this now like a bigger issue? And the fine itself. Um, well, that's that's uh, I had you know that's news to me. But at the same point in time, I'll I'll be able to uh, to talk to him and and see uh, you know what that's all about. But Jalen's been having a he's been doing great. And uh, again, for uh, for what it is and where we're at, I'll be able to discuss it with him. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. It is the pregame show, and we are getting fired up for the Bears down in Tampa Bay, right? Uh, yeah, I never liked that either. But nonetheless, uh, he's made a huge impact. And and it's the kind of uh, impact that's going to test a cornerback like Jalen Johnson. And Jalen um, had his moment where he apparently late to the building on uh, on Monday or Tuesday, whatever, gets the letter on, on Wednesday and immediately uh, sends it out on the gram with, uh, with a couple of uh, – comments about it and he's very upset that he was taxed that amount of money he um he did not um he did have a meeting with the coach and then he talked about it with the media after the fact he didn't seem like he was too upset about uh about anything other than the fact that it got out even though he's the guy that went to social media and obviously the coach was was surprised but let's take a listen to the the reaction uh, from uh, Jalen Johnson after the fact. Yeah, with uh, Jalen Johnson, what was yep. your conversation? Yeah. And what, what did you tell him? Yeah, we had we had a really. I told you I was going to have a good talk with him, and we did. And yeah, we no, we did. And and you know, I have I have so much respect for Jalen, and I know number one, like for him, th- that went on, and we we talked, and you know, sometimes you have those talks, and it can really like you you talk about both sides. You talk about the why a little bit of like what what happened and. You know what's what do we do here with our standards that we have and everything and so and he understands that but at the same point in time too I told him you know this this is good that we're sitting here in front of each other right now talking about this because now we're able to talk about other stuff too which is always good is to just talk through where we're at I mean he is a great leader for this defense he's playing his butt off right now I love he, he's a guy that stays after practice every single day and gets extra work. You know, without getting into a lot of details, honestly, it was a it was an awesome conversation. Jalen, uh, your head coach just said that you guys had a really good talk in, in regards to your posting. Uh, you regret posting it, or what are your thoughts? That was never my intent to post, to make the post. I mean, it was only to select few people. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I messed up. I posted it when I didn't mean to. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I got to own up to it. Um, 
But I mean, I was late at the end of the day. So I mean, if I didn't want that to be to happen in the first place, I shouldn't have been late. So I mean, I understand that. I wasn't worried about the discipline, just more so of a joke to my friends saying how much I got fined for being late. But that's it. Oh, very surprised. I mean, it went from me, an innocent post, just talking to people, and all of a sudden now my name's headlining over an Instagram post. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I gave the media something to talk about, and they took it and ran with it. So, I mean, it is what it is. So you weren't actually that angry? Nah, I mean, at the end of the day, I was late. I can't be mad because I was late. But, I mean, it was. it's not about that. Oh, 100%, don't press the wrong button on my end. I mean, if I feel like we have a very good understanding between me and Coach Nagy about the situation, about everything going on, um, and I mean, we had a good talk and kind of just where things are headed and where we're trying to take the um, organization as a whole. So, I mean, we I understand, he understands, um, and I feel like we're on the same page. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? You, you just hit the wrong button. It was supposed to be to a couple people, and unfortunately you sent it out to everyone, and it's it's the fault of the people who picked it up. How do you make a big story about it? It's nothing I did. Um you know, there's an old, I believe, who was it? Tom Coughlin, right? Back when he was uh, with the Giants, they had this thing, which is um, uh, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't even turn up. Don't even bother coming because you're late. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the only thing that I was left wondering about this whole thing was whether or not um, he's chronically late. Like, do you do you normally, if a guy is one minute, if he walks in the building, he's supposed to be there at 8.15, and he walks in while the clock turns 16, is that late, right? I mean, technically it would be. You should be there on time. You should be there early, and, and that's, you know, more than 10 minutes. You should actually make sure you're at a place and, and ready to go. So it makes you wonder – if he's chronically kind of coming in a little bit late and they finally decided to slap him or if, um, if there is a, an issue with that and they finally decided to go after someone, uh, and either way, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look to, to complain about it. And it's, um, it's a bad look for the coach to just talk about how great it is that he's late and how wonderful it is that we find him. And, you know, I get it. I, I read Nick Foles book. I know that, uh, Matt Nagy, is just a lovely person. He mentions him once, and that is uh, when he's first with uh, the Eagles uh, and uh, and Matt Nagy. Was it the Eagles or when he's with um, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs? And Matt Nagy is the offensive coordinator, and, and Foles is just new in town and trying to figure out what he's going to do, what he's going to do. And Matt Nagy gives him his car, like take my car. And I, I've always felt that Matt Nagy is a guy that really wants to lend a player his car. And that's not, you know, he'd prefer to do that than find the guy. Let's put it that way. So seems like a, a, a super nice guy. But, you know, again, the Bears are a 3-3 three and three team. They're heading down to Tampa, coming off a bad loss. They they had a winning record after their big win on the road uh, against the, uh, the Oakland, uh, the, excuse me, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And, um, and, and, you know, that that win doesn't probably look as good because of the fact that uh, Gruden probably knew he was getting fired or get, going to have to resign. He resigned the next day. Uh, we know all the backstory to that. But it was probably the best win of uh, not just this season, but of the last maybe two, three years, right? Because the Bears had not 
been able to go on the road and and beat a team that they were uh, they were uh, an underdog to anything over three points they had not been able to win a game. Uh, now they're a 12 and a half point dog. Now they are going down to Tampa Bay, and by the way, they have a uh, a COVID outbreak. You know, we learned this morning that Elijah Wilkinson, the the right tackle, uh, who's only playing right tackle because Jermaine Fetty has a knee injury and is unavailable to them. He's out, right? So you got Caleb Johnson also. I'm, I'm just talking about the, the reserve COVID list. Caleb Johnson, the linebacker, he's on that list. Um, you talk about Robert Quinn was on that list earlier in the week. So Robert Quinn unavailable. Of all the people to be unavailable, I mean, Robert Quinn is as essential a piece of what's going on this year. He's had a great year. And he's been a great pass rusher for them. And he's been a perfect match opposite Khalil Mack. And now he's unavailable. Jimmy Graham is not a big part of this team. They kept him on the team because he scored, well, nine touchdowns last year. So wasn't a surprise that they wanted to have a red zone weapon. Unfortunately, they don't spend a lot of time in the red zone. And Jimmy has uh, has only been targeted a few times and has one catch on the season. So... Uh, I think he, I think he took part in 19 plays last week. He is on the reserve COVID list. So you're 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 running through these problems. I mean, Damian Williams is indeed back. He's gotten off the COVID-19 uh, list, the reserve COVID-19 list, and he will be available today. Um, he it's it's good to have him back. Obviously, you've got uh, Khalil Herbert who is the featured back, and you've been doing a a lot with a run-heavy offense, and he's he was excellent last week. But Damian Williams is better in terms of catching the screen pass and being able to be a weapon out of the backfield if you're throwing the ball a little bit. And we know that Tampa has the best run defense in the NFL. So the Bears go down there. They've got, um, they got a new identity where they're a run-heavy offense, and you think they're going to have to run the ball. Unfortunately, this is a team that allows 548 yards uh, a uh, a game against running teams. Um, it, it's the best run defense in the league, and they got a couple of monster guys in the middle of it that are going to create real serious problems for you. So you got to ask yourself, how do you attack a team when they have the, the best counter to what you do best? And it's not an easy question to answer. But, you know, the other problem, they've got – obviously the most elite of elite quarterbacks, right? 44-year-old Tom Brady leads the league in passing. He's second in the league with 17 touchdown passes. He is two away from 600 in his career. Will he become the first NFL quarterback to uh, to actually throw um, a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, touchdown passes to be 600 for his career? I mean, it's, it's just an, an astounding number of uh, – of passes that that guy's thrown touchdown passes passes who am I kidding he's 44 years old and he's still playing in the NFL so you you look at that you know you're aware of the fact that double digit dogs uh, there's three of them in this week's card by the way um but they are um I got I haven't checked all the scores yet I know there's been some unbelievable uh moments thus far but the bears are one of those double digit dogs and and NFL teams are 8-0 this season when favored by 10 or more. Uh, that includes a, um, a Tampa team that is actually 2-4 and four this year against the spread. 
but the two wins were when they were favored by double digits. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't look good. Um, you know, the Bears are dead last in the NFL in offense. They're the only team that averages more yards rushing, 129 yards rushing, to uh, to yards passing. They average uh, 117.2 yards passing a game. So um, the Bucks again, best team stopping the run. Bears, a good running team, not the best in the league, but the only one that tends to run more, gets more yards running than than passing. So is this the week? Is this the week where you ask uh, your quarterback, your rookie quarterback, to do more than he's been able to do up to this point, to throw the ball more? You've been trying to protect him, and you've been trying to avoid the situation that happened in Cleveland earlier in the year. So is this the week where where that actually um, happens, where you try to get him more involved, where you try to throw the ball down the field more? We saw him lead uh, two 80-yard uh, touchdown drives, which is great. That was wonderful. Uh, obviously, they did it uh, to open the game against Green Bay, and they did it again late in the game. But two touchdown drives isn't enough. And, you know, the way the, way the Bears play – what they've been doing, they have been methodically trying to march down the field. Teams love it when you try to do that because it's a very difficult thing to do. And if you have a good defense, and Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coordinator and they got a lot of top-shelf talent on their defense, they're going to come after you and they're going to try to force you to be behind the chains, to force you to make a penalty, to force you to just do something that gets you off, and now all of a sudden you're punting. Now, the Bears last week, they crossed the 50 of Green Bay four different times where they didn't score a point, right? So they had the two long drives, and they got into ter- the, to scoring uh, opportunity uh, four more times, but they couldn't even get a field goal out of it. So, you you know, you look at that game and you say, if they're four for four on those field goals, if they're able to get into field goal range, if they're able to hit the field goal, and they – they certainly have an advantage with the field goal kicker over anyone they play. They've, they've made 34 in a row uh, as uh, Cairo Santos has done that. So I think that you, you look at that element of it and you say you need to score methodically and you need to be good at every opportunity. You can't. This is the kind of game where you pretty much have to play a perfect game. You pretty much can't get behind the change. You pretty much, if you have an opportunity – to get a field goal, you better make sure you find a way to do that. And um, and so we, we imagine the Bears will uh, try to run the ball. We imagine they'll be um, pretty stubborn about running the ball. Even we don't imagine they're going to have a ton of success. But they could. And more importantly, that could open up some down the field if they can figure out a way to get that done. And um, – you know, with the cornerback situation, I think that Justin Fields is going to have to take some chances. We, are, we, we always seem to talk about this idea of the difference between NFL Open and college Open. And, you know, a guy, oh, he, he might not look like it, but it's a, a short window, but he's open. So throw the ball to him. I think he's got to take that leap of faith because I think the Bears receivers might be better than the cornerbacks they'll be facing. And if that is the case, then uh, then hopefully – they can make some plays in that, and they can uh, they can do something that uh, that we don't believe they can do. Quite frankly, um, talk to a bunch of people around the league, 
everyone seems to think that the Bears are a, a top five, top ten defense, right? So if you are, then you better be able to tackle. If you are a top ten defense, you better be able to do some things. You know, what the Bears have managed to do this year, the reason people feel that way, is they are built in order to get pressure with their front four. So as long as the front four is getting pressure, then you've got a lot more guys. you got enough players to drop because your secondary isn't great. Now, the problem that you have is when you're, when you're down Robert Quinn, when Akeem Hicks is out with a groin injury, you are missing two of your top three pass rushers and guys that are going to make an impact. So, you know, they, they've done pretty well putting together a defensive line. They have other players that, that can play, that will play, and that will make an impact for them, but it changes the whole rotation, right? And so your top-level guy's gone, so your backup's playing, and then your backup's backup has to play more as well. And you wonder how they're going to be able to go after people with uh, uh, w- with that kind of possibility. They are, I believe the number last week was 28, 28th in the 32-team league in terms of blitzing. They don't blitz. And look, you don't blitz Tom Brady anyway, right? You want to get him to, to get rid of the ball, and you want to pressure him, and every quarterback is affected by pressure, but you want to defend against a guy like Brady. You know, that's the old adage in the NFL is that you, you go after uh, inexperienced players and you defend veterans. And that's uh, there's no one more veteran, obviously, in the league. Um, it'll be fascinating to see, again, how the, uh, how the growth of Justin Fields – uh, is uh, now because while we talk about a young quarterback that's trying to do more and trying to get more done, you're also talking about the fact that uh, that you got a defense that has him on tape and, and they know how to attack him. They know what he likes to do and they know what he doesn't like to do. They know how the Bears want to use him and how the Bears don't want to use him. And Todd Bowles is an excellent coordinator and you would think given the fact that uh, that he's a young quarterback that they're going to attack him uh, pretty much. So maybe if they're trying to go after the quarterback, maybe that helps you in the passing game. Again, best best uh, pass defense in the league, although they gave up some yards last week, so we'll see. Uh, the Bears, it's going to be a really difficult task to go down there and get this done. Um, word down in Tampa is that it might rain. You know, pray for rain. What the heck? I mean, let's let's hope that something happens that changes uh, the game to favor the Bears in some way. And, you know, we've been talking all morning about how – or all afternoon, excuse me, early afternoon – about how you go about doing that. And stealing possessions, obviously, one of the ways. All right, I want to thank everyone connected to the program. Brandon Fryer, thank you so much for your hard work. Very diligent. And, uh, and we want to thank the fine folks at, uh, at Zing Zang. Zing Zang has a great relationship with the score. Obviously, Zing Zang is uh, a new partner and a good friend of the pregame show. And, and they do a great job. It's Chicago's hometown Bloody Mary mix created in Chicago, still headquartered in Chicago, the number one Bloody Mary mix brand and the number one cocktail mix, mix brand. Mixers like the Zing Zang Margarita Mix made with natural ingredients. They've got the canned Bloody Marys and margaritas and whiskey sours, premium spirits already included. And they're full-strength cocktails in a can, 9% ABV. It's like having two cocktails in one, so uh, you might need one as this game goes on. But here's hoping, right? The Bears need to shock the world. 
We'll be here to talk about it as soon as the game ends. Thanks so much to uh, to all of our partners, to Olin and to Pat, and to uh, the fine folks at Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 